0: Welcome to the Make It Count podcast. We're here today. My name is David. And I'm Matt. And it's the same two people. And we maybe do interviews in the future, which we're considering, but for now, we're going to dive into something that I came across maybe a month, two months ago. It's something that rattled around in my head a lot, I think about. And we're just going to have a discussion about this. I primed Matt a little bit, but not too much. Mm. And this person was in effect saying that So many people are chasing experiences. So many people in our generation, our contemporaries, people we know, maybe you love a great experience, we all do, but actually that relationships are more important than experiences. And you know that because if you've had this really positive experience in the past, but now the relationship with the person you went with has soured or isn't great, that memory or that positive experience is tainted with that as well and so their suggestion Mm. was that we have to everything is about relationships we have to take care and tender those relationships and they bring us richer experiences but also they make our memories like the memory of those experiences better as well Hmm. that's the intro matt what did your first impressions of that
1: that is very interesting um my first impressions my second first impressions yeah (laughs) (laughs) ah yeah i can see i can see that that makes a lot of sense just off the bat Uh, we typically when thinking about experiences like that my mind goes to for example holidays even just it goes to all those adverts you see you know about holiday to this destination or that destination and you very rarely get just a solo person on their own. There's often multiple people in there laughing, enjoying time. There'll be a mealtime shot. So they're very much emphasising, yeah, look, you're going to have an amazing time with the people you love. And I suppose the thing they're selling there is you'll get that here when you buy our holiday or whatever, you know, you will not get that anywhere else. So that's interesting because even in, in the way that those things are advertised, you can see that, yes, it's surrounded by relationships and then things that can facilitate that, meal times, experiences and stuff. I can, I can, So, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um,
0: I suppose it's interesting to me because I think we would, st- we would both agree and many people would say we live in a very materialistic society, more, more, more. <clears throat> but as a pushback, many of people our age and probably a bit younger have said... Hey, I don't want more, more, more. Necessarily, they said that. Maybe, they, maybe we still do, but yeah. we we vocalize. We don't want more, more, more. But we want better experiences. That's what we want. You know, right. I want yeah. a really good experience. And so we think, hey, let's travel the world. Let's go see the seven wonders. Let's climb mountains, see beautiful nature and amazing cities. Let's do all of that. But maybe in in the on a the journey there of. Searching for these amazing experiences, mm-hmm. we've forgotten that maybe the key component <clears throat> of that is the relationships.
1: Hmm, for sure. Absolutely. In fact, <laughs> just yesterday, I was watching a very strange program on the TV. It came on. It was these two blokes traveling around, traveling to Sheffield in an old, effectively steam-powered tractor is what I would describe it as. <laughs> These two old blokes and they were talking and then every now and again they'd go and sit in a pub and chat. And they literally were like, you know, after all the things we've seen and all the amazing views we've had from the different hills and stuff, the the thing that's warmed me up most is all the welcome we've received from people as we passed and they're waving and the kids pointing and people coming up and saying hello. And So that's really interesting. Uh, that is a completely... Related to what you're saying, because I mean, in a sense, those aren't really deep relationships. But what these guys were saying was, we've been travelling around and having a lark in this steam tractor. I'm not sure that's my my idea of a, a, a wonderful time. It seemed noisy and loud and, and dirty and oily. But, but they were saying, all of it, we've, we've met a lot of people and been welcomed and enjoyed. So there is definitely that relational aspect. Um, and I think probably... From speaking to a few friends that I know who have done a little bit more travelling than maybe your average person has, again, when you ask them how it was, for the most part, they start talking about people. They say the beautiful things they saw, but very quickly those things become a bit boring and mundane. It's like, oh, well, I saw this other thing and I saw this other thing and I saw this other thing. The, the things that capture them, the stories that are interesting, are the people. Mm. Otherwise, it's just a long list of itinerary.
0: Mm-hmm. And as you say that, I realize that's probably true of a lot of my stories. of uh, Like, even uh, two that came to mind. One was when I was interrailing with my friend, we went to Berlin and we did one of these walking tours. In Iran. And you, you never know what sort of a tour guide you're going to get. And I I've told the story of this tour guide so many times because I spent like quite a while trying to figure out like what else he did you know it wasn't just a full-time tour guide and eventually it transpired that he was doing a PhD in like lucid dreaming and (laughs) he'd like wow yeah it was really interesting just but he was very hesitant to talk about it very restrictive like held back and I think he was a bit like people don't get this there's a bit of Oh, do I have to explain this again? Am I going to get like pilloried a little bit? And um, instead, it was just and uh, that's the story I tell. I don't remember what I saw in Berlin. Like the main things, probably like <laughs> Checkpoint Charlie. That was a thing, right? On oh, no, I have no idea. This on a podcast, anyway. But that was that person, him as a person, was what I remember from that. And so it was really interesting. Um, and I'm really happy I went. With, I wasn't interning on my own. I was with a friend, and we can recall those stories together or those memories that we're, we're
1: still uh, good friends hmm. so going back to the the premise at the beginning mm. so you've had some great experiences but then the relationship's sour and it it sort of can make those experiences feel worse i suppose we've all been on there as well where we've maybe had a holiday or been somewhere which or day out even it should have been a really nice experience but not for the circumstances but for the relational strain the day or the experience wasn't enjoyable uh, and that is what colours those memories from the very beginning and so i suppose that again shows yeah you can have the most amazing surroundings incredible food uh, and activities planned, luxuries, whatever. But if the people you're with are driving you up the wall, or maybe you're driving them up the wall, <laughs> and there's relational friction, then it doesn't really matter. It's all just window dressing. Mm. Mm.
0: And that's one of the things I wonder is that, you know, many people sort of travel the world to see if they can find themselves. <laughs> and maybe To say, oh, yeah, you could climb and see this amazing view. You could see all the wonders of the world and maybe be less changed than you would be by noticing how the relationships you're in are exposing you. Mm. And actually to tend those and be intentional with them as our character is revealed in those moments.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I I suppose the way the the space my mind's going towards is whilst we don't necessarily want to uh, or there'll be a load of people that don't go oh i want to get a load of things mm. items I, I want to experience a load of experiences mm. both of which though would probably fall into the trap of more is better and the more money i can spend on it the, the better it, it will be you know either the more the thing will please me or the more the experience will please me um, and so we always are constantly pulled into this, this allure of wealthier is better. Surely wealthier is happier. Mm. The science just doesn't back that up, though, does it? Mm. And I think basically that my understanding is, up to covering your needs, your basic needs, the the more wealthy you have, the happier you are because you don't have to you don't have as much worry about. Well, am I going to be able to meet my needs? But beyond that, it plateaus and then it drops off. Mm-hmm. So actually, the more money you have after that, you are less happy um, on average. This is, and so I think it's really interesting because you know you look at whatever your chosen role model is in the you know celebrity space or the who you know role model who ch- typically they're earning more money than than the average punter is. And we would think, why are they not happy? You know, surely they should have all these things. But you go, well, if they are not surrounded by flourishing relationships, then actually it doesn't matter how much is in your bank account because you're, you're empty on that relational tank.
0: Yeah, and I suppose part of why this quote, and I wish I could remember where I got it from, <coughs> resonated with me is because there are lots of people that are chasing experiences. The perfect meal or the, the, you know, it doesn't have to be traveling all over the world. It could just be, you know, the the nicest food at the Michelin-style restaurant, or it could be, you know, this ideal... um idealistic anything, really. Just chasing experiences, whether it's sports events or music events or, you know...
1: Thrills, like skydiving or skiing or something.
0: Chasing these experiences and to go, yes and. Yes and they are richer when the relationships you tend to are, well, are there, are present, are around. And I suppose... I realised, even as we're talking, that there are some things... I must have intuitively believed this already, at some level. Because for quite a while, Matt, you've, you, I've kind of wanted to learn how to dance. Mm. Mm. And I say that because a big like, fear, maybe, of mine is being incompetent, like not knowing how to do something. And when it comes to dancing, I'm fairly incompetent. and. And yeah, I've always had You're not saying mind,
1: you're a typical awkward British man, are you am, when it comes yeah, to dancing? I think
0: I am, yeah, I'm saying that. I claim it. I won't always be, but I've I've also had it in my head that I don't want to learn how to dance until I can dance with somebody who I've married. And and because because actually for me that and I don't know whether that there's like a romantic ideal. Um I think it's probably a little bit in there. But it's also a bit like you want to do something like dance with somebody that is important to you that was what I felt that's what I mm. wanted and so yes there was the dancing but yet it was the dancing with somebody that I thought was going to be important to me
1: you never dance with me <laughs> have we not uh, I mean not on a regular
0: not on a regular yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> a little weekly dance with Matt
1: <laughs> yeah you know could we could be revelatory to our, uh, sure, our relationship. brotherly relationship? Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, you are definitely a better dancer than me.
1: There we go. We could we could, we could develop new things. we could develop new styles of dance.
0: Yeah, I there's <laughs> nothing more to say about this.
1: <laughs> okay, it's back on track. Um, so you wanna? Yeah, you're gonna dance. You're gonna learn how to dance.
0: I will at the appropriate time.
1: Brilliant that's good i don't think i that's totally that thought is completely you've never told me that either oh really like about you yeah i i I enjoy dancing yeah i don't do it as much as i wish i could what are you um, waiting for you
0: <laughs> apparently yeah uh, i'll book you in on a wednesday night but yeah that's
1: a, that's a really interesting thought I i suppose i hadn't put that much of a a relational thing on it but I do remember that is really true like I remember for example going to university and there would be house parties there would also be clubbing and I did my fair share of that in first year it would always be things would always turn out disappointing though because you'd go with a bunch of mates and you'd be dancing and having a good time and I wasn't into the whole pool culture so it was like people would then just couple off and disappear and then you just dancing with a bunch of random strangers and it was like this is weird and less Mm. comfortable I think i'm gonna go home (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it that for me was i suppose not quite the same level but it was i'm dancing with these people i i want to be with my friends i don't want to just go to a i mean clubs are really gross anyway like gross dark dingy sometimes questionable actually quality music as well (laughs) Like, if you're not there with people you enjoy being with, there's very few other reasons to be there, obviously, mm-hmm. other than the, the the standard reasons. So yeah. Not quite the same level, but I can I can understand that. I can relate that.
0: Yeah, and even I mean to shift the conversation a little bit different, the role of food for me is is quite an interesting one. I mean, we've both been well, we, we were on the ship uh, OM's Logos Logos hope. Logos And I remember when I realised that food could set an atmosphere. Mm. And I could tell whether Big the food time. was going to be good that day or not. Before I got to the dining room, because I could hear it. If the food was good, there would be more noise, more laughter, more joy. In the, the room would room. beastly be fuller. It would be more full. And <clears> whereas <throat> if the food wasn't good, you could also hear that. It'd be quiet. You'd hear clatter. There'd be you know just just dead you a bit dead <laughs> Most of people would go and find food somewhere else yeah and and i'm not a full-on foodie like some people we know who really have a very high value of food uh, <laughs> but i really appreciate good food's ability to stimulate great connection mm. you know we we've always had dinner around the table and those conversations and the life that can happen and the laughter and the joy around the table and a good connection. I love a good meal's ability to to sort of relax and enjoy and that's the relational connection that comes as a result of food, I would suggest.
1: For sure. Absolutely. And so I suppose potentially what we're moving into at this point in the, the podcast is going, if... The relational aspect of life in general is key to finding enjoyment and satisfaction in those experiences, mm-hmm. those places we go to, then how can we start to be intentional about nourishing those relationships? How mm-hmm. can we make those experiences count by feeding those relationships?
0: Yeah, and that—that that is really what I would say. I think... Uh, uh, I, the more I listen to people that are 20, 30 years older than me or um, read about people and their closing words even after they've, they've died, they're now dead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you want to say that sentence <laughs> again? <laughs> I do, Yes, yeah. People who are wiser than me and older than me talk about the value of relationships, the lives that you've impacted. It's not the things you've done or... the things you've experienced Mm. or the things you've achieved it's the people that you've connected with Mm. that resonate, that influence, that continue through the generations and the ages. Very interesting in that idea and so I do think that it's so valuable or so important to tend relationships and it was something interesting you're talking about reconciliation um, not in a podcast but the other day and saying nobody ever goes you know like yeah should, like took 10 years it's like no we should have done this sooner
1: yeah 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 so when when reconciliation happens i think everybody in the room goes why did we wait this long
0: hmm. and i think whether it's a broken relationship that is like yeah figure it out like reconcile now or whether it's something that just requires a little bit more intention to to love, to care, to listen, to to seek first to understand the value of being intentional with in those relationships. Uh, yeah, I think is more important than the experiences.
1: Hmm. This now brings up sort of on the reconciliation front, but also just some of those, what does it look like to be intentional and to nourish those relationships. A book that I read recently that I think is really fantastic, very short, Uh, it's called uh, Why Am I Afraid to Love by John Powell. And in a sentence he says, the essence of loving is being self-forgetful. So I am only able to love in as far as I am able to be self-forgetful. Say it another way: as long as I'm trying to get something from you, I'm not loving you. Mm. And so often, what we end up doing is we we posture, we mask, we deceive, even ourselves, because I'm trying to get something from you. Uh, and he talks about in the book: it's only through choosing an act of you know a choice to act to love someone else that we actually ourselves become lovable but if we do it with that motive of oh this is going to end up in me receiving love then we are still using other people mm-hmm. and that ultimately is unsatisfactory to us so the only true way to find satisfaction is to say i'm going to give up striving to try and grasp for what i need from you or what i want I'm going to choose to meet your need um, and to love you in the way that you need and let whatever flows back come or not. And that is a much more satisfying way. Uh, It's hard and I don't think anyone does that. Uh, Maybe in our better moments we can approach that. But, you know, as Jesus said, it's better to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than receive. And I think... You you see it a lot, you even see it on um, sort of, well, blogs and and stuff to do with mental well-being. And they talk about, well, one of the best things you can do for your mental well-being is help someone else. It turns out that makes you feel good about yourself. And so there is an aspect to that. But of course, we can always play games with ourselves. And if I'm trying to, oh, I really want to feel good about myself, so I'm going to help someone else too and make myself feel better. Yes, I've maybe, well, have actually helped you but I'm truly just trying to serve myself still. Mm. Um, so it's difficult.
0: So interestingly, as we've, to shift the conversation, as we start to wrap up, at the beginning of this conversation, I think I was in my head going, relationships plus experience, you know, like don't just have the experience, have it with relationship. And mm. I, I still kind of agree with that, but I think I'm going to have to humbly say, I've I'm going to change my mind on something.
1: Going to change the equation,
0: which is that I think sometimes in the past I've maybe, for want of a better way of phrasing this, looked down on people that stay where they are. And I've travelled all over the world yeah. and gone, oh look, like, how could you not? You know, have never left the country, have never left the county, you know, have never moved like more than twenty-five miles from where you live or whatever. But actually, to go, there is a richness in the relationships. Mm experiences are added plus. Travelling around the world is not for everybody. And actually, but if someone stays in the same place and has really rich, rich relationships, that's more valuable than maybe almost anything else. Mm. So, let us know what you think as uh, we wrap up this Make It Count podcast. Interesting conversation. I don't know if I've had a moment where I've changed my mind mid-conversation before on ca- on, uh, on audio on camera oh, no. that
1: camera which you no, won't hella, see because there is no camera, no camera. <laughs> yeah we'd love to hear your thoughts makeitcount.pod at gmail.com is the email address they've not exactly been flooding in yet but you know ever hoping <laughs> even if you just say hey I enjoyed this episode you know that would be great
0: see you next week